0: This is the GGC Life Podcast. Awesome. We're talking and been speaking for the last few weeks about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. I really want us to continually understand that that's, that's exactly what we're a part of. You and I are a part of the kingdom of God. If we want to go back to the word of God and you want to be biblical, we need to get used to the wording that Jesus used. I really believe that was His assignment From planet to planet Earth. From heaven, when the Father sent His Son, His main message and His assignment was to bring and preach the kingdom of God. Not just preach about it, but bring it. He demonstrated it and He said, Repent. This this was His message everywhere He went. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Another way of saying it repent, for the kingdom of God is available, it's accessible, it's near. It's, it's present. So again, he even tried to make sure that they, because they were viewing it wrong too. They were standing, you know, the people of the day when Jesus came, they were also viewing it that, oh, we, we are part of the kingdom when we die. When we die and go to heaven, now we're a part of the kingdom. No, you, you can come into the kingdom now. While you're alive, that's why Jesus says, repent, change your thinking, for the kingdom of God is available. One time he had to go as far as saying, don't say, lo, there it is, the kingdom of God is over there. Oh no, look over there, there's the kingdom of God, has it arrived? It says you cannot see the kingdom, it's not from observation, for the kingdom of God is within you. Wow, I mean the kingdom of God is inside of you. What is the kingdom of God? It's the rule and the reign of the king. The rule and the reign of the king. Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God. We've got to understand this because this is what you're a part of. You're not a part of religion. I don't know about you, but I got saved in the 80s, 87. And we, we, we sort of felt we joined a, not a religion, but a denomination, a, a church. And so when we meet people in the streets, usually this was a conversation all across the, the world. It's what, um, what's your belief? What denomination are you? So who, who are you a part of? The reason why we spoke like that is because we got taught the wrong thing. If we if we got presented the kingdom of God, see in the in the New Testament and in the days of Jesus and in the days of the apostles, you can't find that language. You can't find. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a Uniting. I'm an Anglican. I'm a Baptist. I'm this. You can't find. It's just not there. And so in the book of Acts, the apostles. And the elders, when they, there was a doctrinal issue, when there were some issues regarding uh, the Gentiles, the apostles and the elders made a statement and they gave it to all the churches. And think of the word church, it's just the, this is how they refer to the people of God. The people of the kingdom were referred to as the ecclesia, the called out ones, the called out assembly. What are they called out from? They're called out from the world. So just think of that, every time you read the Bible and you read the word church, it's translated to our modern day church word, our modern day um, word for Ecclesia is church. But and then, then we attach religion to that in our minds, wrongfully. But the word church literally means the, the Ecclesia. It, it was the actual the assembly that ruled through political r- ruling and reign. They're the ones that made decisions that mattered, that affected everybody else. So who's in authority? The ecclesia. It was a Greek word that the the political leaders of the day were called the ecclesia. Jesus took that and says, well, my ecclesia are the called out ones. But you're, you're you're the ruling and the reigning ones of the kingdom of God. Is that okay? So what is the kingdom? A kingdom may be defined as the sovereign rule of a king over a territory. Again, you get the word king and dome, domain, Kingdom. The king rules over a domain. That's where we get the word dome. It's, it's, the king has to have a territory. Okay, So we've got the kingdom of God, who Jesus is the king, who came to planet earth and he's bringing the kingdom culture, kingdom life here on earth now. Really, if you're going understand this, please understand. I don't, I'm a bit hesitant about using this word because of the way we view it in the natural but it's almost like the father wanted to colonize the earth with the kingdom culture. Now you understand colonization is not good because it's usually done through force. It's done through selfishness. It's done through greed. It's done through, I want more territory. I want more power. I want more the gold in that land. And they take over the people. It's very, very wrong. But colonization, um, one of the, when I look up the definition of colonization, it says means to subjugate of one country by another leading to political, social, economic change. So it changes everything. An act of, or instance of colonizing, colonizing, such as the establishing of a colony, subjugating of a people or area, especially as an extension of a state. Um, this is another definition, a simple definition is the act of taking control of an area or a country that is not your own, especially using force. I don't like that definition. I wrote down, in the kingdom we don't use force, But the Lord uses revelation knowledge. How does He take over? By revelation. Revealed knowledge. That's why Jesus says, repent. Again, that word repent is enough. Forgive me for my sins. And then go up and go do it again. Change your thinking. Literally what it means. Change your perspective. Change your thinking. And enter the kingdom of God. Because the way you're thinking is determining how you're living right now. Now that the kingdom has been presented... Change your thinking, receive the king into your heart, and enter the kingdom. And so, so for me to go deeper into the kingdom, I've got to continually change my thinking. I've got to continually have a repented heart, repented mind. When I think of that, I think changing my thinking to God's ways, God's words, God's principles, God's laws. So in God's kingdom, there is a, there's the laws of God, the principles of God. Even the Ten Commandments It's the laws of God. It's like the manufacturer made you and he knows how you should operate. So he gives you the Ten Commandments. And we look at the Ten Commandments as something really bad. But if everyone kept the Ten Commandments, we'd be living heaven on earth. Imagine imagine for a moment, no one ever lies to you. No one on the planet earth could, could ever steal. There's no need for security. No need for locks. There's no need for policemen because no one would ever murder or kill. Imagine there's no divorce, no adultery. Imagine that every single person, this is one of the commandments, loves God with all their hearts, minds, and heart, mind, soul and strength and loves their neighbour as they love themselves. That's the Ten Commandments. It would be heaven on earth. It's like getting a, when you get a car, you buy a car, the manufacturer made the car, knows how to get the full potential of the car and... It comes of a manual book. Manual. It, it means to make. Because the manna means to make. Manufacturer is made in a factory. Manufacturer, the creator, created you. We come with a manual book. And when you, re, when you, buy, when you get a car and if you don't um, read the manual, which most of us don't, I don't know about you. I've never read a, the whole car manual ever, same with a VCR, back in the days of VCR, you just press play rewind, forward, wind, record you could pre-record those things, but I never had the benefit of using the full maximum potential of the creator's wisdom knowledge when he made a VCR now same with phones I don't read the manual for this phone I know they're making it easier and easier with, you know, but the manufacturer of this phone knows that he had the full potential of this phone phones can do so much but so many of us know just how to take a phone call Maybe Google, maybe get on, you know, maybe do an SMS. There's, these things can do so much. Now we've got the apps. and But, but I know they're designed now. No one reads manuals. But with a car, I don't know about you, but all I knew to do, still know how to do, put petrol in it, don't have to change the oil anymore. Once upon a time, you had to change the oil. You had to change spark plugs yourself if you knew how to do that. So even the basic, simple things back in the day, we, had to, we needed a mechanic. He understood the laws and the principles of a car. So if a car broke down and you don't have a clue how to fix it, sometimes it's the easiest thing in the world, but you have to find someone that knows the principles of the car. The manufacturer created it with certain laws around it. If you don't put petrol in a car, it won't go for you. But I don't want to put petrol in the car. I just want to drive it. Well, it doesn't matter. You have to put petrol, have to put oil. Back in those days, all the things you had to put is water and, and all these things. But you know, sometimes it's a simple problem. You can't open up the hood and fix it. You have to... Wait, get a mechanic, get the mechanic, come out, wherever you've broken down, and then he fixes it. Sometimes it might be a little moment, but you're paying for his wisdom and knowledge that you don't know and you have to probably pay him two, $300 to get your car moving. He understands the laws and the principles of the car, of the manufacturer. Well, we have got to go to the Word of God because we belong to the kingdom. He is our creator and he's given us laws and principles. When you understand the laws and principles of the kingdom, the way they're created, they're for your benefit. You and I never break a law. It's funny the language we use. You don't break a principle. You can't break a principle. You can't break a law. It breaks you. When you and I disobey a principle, principle's not broken. The principle's still there. It actually breaks you because you were designed to live a certain way. You and I are designed to live for God. So if I don't design, like I don't believe we're designed to hate. So if I didn't break the principle of love love's still there, I've bro- that's breaking me, now hate is destroying me, unforgiveness is destroying me, so, so look at Jesus, as, Jesus is God in the flesh and he wants to bring heaven's culture here on earth, one of the reasons for colonization, uh, uh, all of them were wrong, I mean when it comes to the kingdom are wrong because it's taking control of natural resources, taking control of geographical areas, important areas, um, to relieve population pressures, there's all different reasons that countries use, but this is the best one. Well, this one says to spread their religion or culture, but let's interpret it as kingdom culture. Why would God, God the Father want to extend his kingdom? Because he wants to extend the kingdom culture here on earth. So, really, that's what we are doing. We are everywhere we go, we want to bring the kingdom culture of how they live in heaven, is how we should live here. If you turn to your Bibles, please. And we're going to pick it up because I, I did introduce this last week and a few weeks before as well. Matthew chapter six verse nine, when they taught, when they asked they, the disciples or the apostles of Jesus, could see Jesus do miracles and healings, and and walk on water, and take a little boy's lunch, and feed twenty thousand people, and little a mother loses her only son and raises him from the dead, stops the funeral in the street and, and raises the boy from the dead. I mean, they could see, and they didn't ask him, Jesus. Teach us to do miracles. They didn't say, teach us to preach eloquently like you do. They didn't say, uh, teach us you know, to have power the way you have power. They could see that His authority and His power and His miracles and His healings and all the, the things that He could do was because of His connection with the Father. So what they say? Teach us to pray. They knew His secret to His power was His prayer life because He was connected to the Father. All right? He, he knew how to spend time with the Father. So when Jesus taught, he says, chapter 6, verse 9, let's take the Word of God and let's believe. Can you believe the Word of God with me? That's all we're asking. We go to the Word, we believe the Word. We don't just read it, we actually believe it. Jesus said, after this manner, therefore pray, our Father, I love that relationship. We can, go, we can say that a lot. We can talk a lot about that. It's, you, you've got to know God as your Father because prayer is based on you knowing your son and daughter, your identity. Right, so you can call your God the Father, your, your Father, who art in heaven. Where does He live? He is in heaven. Hallowed be Your name. Beautiful way to start prayer is giving praise to God. Holy, holy, blessed, powerful, splendorous, amazing, beautiful is Your name. You are magnificent. You are glorious. Great way to pray is to praise and glorify God. Enter His courts with thanksgiving in your heart. The Bible says, enter his gates with praise. How am I entering in? Exalting who he is. I'm praising. Because if we don't do that, we end up talking about our little problem. Actually, let's say it this way we end up talking about our big problem. Because in our mind, it's a big problem. God, help me, this problem, God. And we just talk to God based on the problem, or we talk to God based on the shopping list of needs we have. And just talk to God about, I need this, I need this, and it's all about you. So that's why it's important that Jesus is trying to teach us holy is your name. Our Father, relationship, holy is your name, praise and worship, glorifying God. I love this. This is Jesus' teaching Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as your will is done in heaven. He just gave us the greatest secret of the kingdom Your will be done on earth. As your will is in heaven, what you're supposed to pray is giving us direction of life and direction of the way we should pray. The way you and I should pray and gives us the license to pray, the way you should always pray, the way I should always pray, is praying the will that's in heaven to be on earth. I can ask myself, if there's any sickness in heaven? Is there any sickness in heaven? Jesus says, pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I know it's God's will to heal people. When you understand the kingdom and you understand the word for the lenses of the kingdom, doctrinal issues won't be a problem. Does God heal or doesn't He heal? Does He choose to heal or does He not choose? Of course He wants to heal. It's His will because there's no one sick in heaven. It's like, it's like your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a lot of things that aren't in heaven. Lying is not in heaven. So that we know straight away that we as kingdom people, kingdom children should not lie. And don't have to put on a mask. Don't try to be somebody else because we want the culture that's in heaven to be here on earth. To not get angry. To not speak destructive words. To not attack others with your words. To not gossip. Imagine that. Imagine if the believers of the kingdom, the children of the kingdom, sons and daughters of the kingdom, never, ever, ever spoke negative words about their brother and sister. Woo! Heaven on earth. I believe It's possible. Because Jesus said we should pray this way. It's actually possible for the children of God never to gossip, never to speak negative. I've learned not to. I've learned not to speak negative about somebody else. i learned to honour others. When you honour your brother and sister, you honour who they are, you honour who they are, that you honour their value before the Father. So why would I speak down to them or down about them to somebody else? Why would I speak negative to somebody else about them when the father values them and if I do get hurt by someone which happens all the time when someone lets me down the bible says go to that person alone see the protection in relationship I go to that person alone not to somebody else about how they let me down the kingdom culture here on earth isn't that good It does solve a lot of doctrinal issues. We actually understand Jesus prayed, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then he demonstrated it. Jesus demonstrated it. Um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. What do we do with this? Let me read this. Verse 21. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, who enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And then when you read in, in the further on, it says, because many in that day of the Lord, in the day of the judgment, in the day when you stand before God, many will say to me, but Lord, Lord, we did many miracles in your name. We prophesied in your name. We did many mighty miracles in your name. And Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you, relationship. You who are workers of iniquity. And, and here it says, there's three things. Here it says, they did not do the will of their Father in heaven. G- Jesus said that, right? But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So I wrote down, you enter the kingdom of God through repentance, change your thinking, and accepting the King. Because the King Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty, consumed the judgment against us. He's the door into the kingdom. There's no other way into the kingdom except for repentance and accepting Jesus, and he completely... Has consumed the judgment of God against us so that I could be forgiven, you could be forgiven for free. Can't do anything to deserve this, can't do anything to earn it. It's not, it's not religion. It's like, well, how good do I have to be? What do I have to do to change? How do I, all of a sudden, you're putting yourself in earning mode. How do I, what do I have to do to earn this? How good do I have to be to earn it? At what point does God give me this gift of salvation? When you put faith in Christ. Not how many times you go to church, not how many times, not how, you know, how, how good you become. It's repentance of your heart. And Lord, I no longer serve myself. I'm no longer king of my life. I'm no longer the Lord of my life. I'm no longer the master of my life. I bow the knee and you, are my king. What have I done? I've entered the kingdom. The rule and reign of the king over my life. Will I make mistakes? Absolutely. Will I sin? Yes. I'll get back up and say, Father, forgive me for what I just did. And I'll keep following you. So I'll keep following him. And where's my righteousness from? His righteousness. Okay. So, that's why when you live this life, see, the Father, His Father's Word, this Word, the Father's Word that's recorded and written and all that, Father's Word and His will are one, aren't they? God would never say one thing and will something else. So how do we know the will of the Father? By His Word. So when we live His Word, we know we're in His will. Just in case you think, oh, "Lord, I want to make sure I'm doing His will. Well, His will is His Word. And His Word does say, forgive others. So when you have a misunderstanding, learn to forgive others. The same way the Father forgave you a $20 million debt of all your sins, forgive others a $20 debt that they've they've just committed against you. When you understand this forgiveness for you, it's easy to forgive others $20 debt. But we do that all the time. And we learn to walk in the will of God. If the Bible says be generous, we learn to be generous. The Bible says live for God, we live for God. The Bible talks, anything the Bible gives us direction to live, we, we put it into practice. Amen. All right, I just want to show you Jesus, Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. He, he told the 12 on how to preach and what to preach. He told the, what, what Jesus preached, he told the 12, now this is what I want you to do. So He didn't give him another message. It's not like I've got this message, but you've got another message. He gave him the same message. And it was he, verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles and into the city of Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, proclaim, herald, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand and it's, and it's ready and it's, and it's present, Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, and freely you give, because that the healing the sick comes with the the kingdom. Casting out devils comes with the kingdom. There's no devils in heaven. Remember, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that means you have authority. When you understand this, you got you understand you've got authority over every single demon anywhere on this planet. They are afraid of you. That you find out the truth that you've got all authority. Because Jesus said, remember when He stripped Satan of His authority? He came down and did it on our behalf. He stripped Satan of all His authority and He took the keys of death and hell from hell. When He took it, He says, this is what He says when He went to heaven. He says, all authority under heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore you go. Therefore you go with that authority. into all the earth. Preach this gospel. Does it make sense. So heal the sick. Why, why do we heal the sick? To demonstrate the kingdom. Because there's no one broken in heaven. No sickness in heaven. No one broken. No one with broken hearts. So we heal hearts broken hearted. The gospel heals those that are broken hearted. Broken dreams. Disappointment. Discouragement. There's No one, no, no one has anxiety in heaven. That's a good one. Worry. No fear. No, none of that in heaven. This is not there. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's how we're supposed to pray. It's how we're supposed to demonstrate the kingdom. No anxiety in heaven. So you can live anxiety-free as a kingdom person. Today, uh, Junip read, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Or be careful for nothing without, but, but be careful for nothing but with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. Be careful for nothing but with prayer. The things that are worrying you, tell them, tell those petitions to God. And then when you give it to God, let it go, because he'll take care of it. Amen. So we see here in Luke chapter 9 verse 22 is another place where he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. That's the 12. To the 70, you know, he sent 70 people out on his mission, on his message to do the same thing Jesus was doing, the 12 were doing. And to the 70, Luke chapter 10 verse 1, have a look in your Bibles if you don't believe me. I know you do, but... After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also and sent them two by two before the face into every city and place where He Himself would come. Therefore, said He to them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers, the workers are few. Pray you therefore to the Lord of the harvest that He would send forth laborers into the harvest. That's what we should be praying to the Lord send laborers. Go your way, behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves, carry neither purse nor strip. Uh, Script. Sorry, nor shoes. Salute no one. By the way, and into whatsoever house you enter, first say, "I love the power and the authority we have. Peace to this house. And if the son of peace is there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. And in the same house, remain eating, drinking such things as you give; uh, they give to you. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. Another stay in the one place that they're taking care of your needs and feed and feeding you. In whatsoever city you enter." And they receive you, eat such things as I said before you, and heal the sick that are therein. Say to them, the kingdom of God has come near unto you. Same message to the 70. True? You believe that? He told the 70, your message, what you're supposed to tell people, the message of why I've come is that the kingdom of God is here. I told you last week that I became an Italian citizen. I applied for it in 2020, I think. Or, yeah, I think it was 2020. Before the, the COVID, the 2020 COVID. It was around October. It was going to take about a year or two. And, but they sent me an email. It was a wrong, address, wrong email address that, that I had got it. I didn't know I had it. So I was an Italian citizen, but didn't have the revelation knowledge. Didn't have the knowledge to know that it actually was one. What does that mean? It means all the benefits of being an Italian citizen I wouldn't have been able to exercise because I didn't know. That's how a lot of Christians are. We have the authority. We have all the benefits, all the privilege of being citizens of heaven. But a lot of us don't know we already are there. We already arrived. And you think, are you sure about that? Well, the Bible says, I'll show you something here. Um, in In Philippians are you? I was going to say this later, but it's here somewhere. All right. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven. From where also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. Do you believe that? Your citizenship, my citizenship is in heaven. The way right now that I'm a citizen of the Italian Kingdom, the country of Italy. So I've got benefits there now that I didn't know I had because I didn't know I actually was a citizen. If, something, if I went to Italy, I could do a lot of things that uh, if you're not a citizen, you couldn't do. But even given the benefits of if you needed to go to the hospital, you could just go to the hospital. And there's a lot of medical benefits there. That You can buy a house. You, you can, you know, One of the best benefits is when you go to the airport, you go to the fast lane to get through. And no, I'm just joking. <laughs> sometimes you wait for a whole hour two hours because you're not a citizen of that country because it's a long line but just there's benefits even even the fact that you're an Italian citizen you become connected to the European community the European Union countries 27 of them apparently if you got in trouble you can go to a consulate in the European community and they will fight for you sometimes they'll send an airplane to get you out of there if war broke out benefits because you're a citizen and, that, and So as long as you are an abiding citizen, you haven't broken the law. So when we break the law and get thrown in prison, we lose our privileges and our rights. Because you're in prison. You can't, you can't vote when you're in prison. You lose your rights. So that's why we've got to be walking in that realm of obedience before God. Because you, you carry authority. Amen. Amen. Um, look at this. Luke chapter 22, verse 29, And I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father has appointed unto us. Look at the language Jesus uses. I wrote that in in my, this is my translation, And just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you. He gives you uh, the kingdom. Um, Luke 12, verse 31, In your Bible, guys, But rather seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Notice that he doesn't say, It's your father's good pleasure to give you salvation. Salvation is a part of the kingdom. But we've emphasized and majored in, I've got salvation of sin. I'm no longer going to hell. That's the gospel 20, 30 years ago we majored in. Or when I die, I go to heaven. And not walking in the privileges and experiencing experiences the privileges and the authority as a citizen of heaven right now, right here, right now. I'm a son and I'm a daughter. You are a son and daughters of the King right now. So you have the privilege of being a prince. Wow. The word prince means first. Principality is prince. The word prince is first in line. You're first in line. (gasps) Jesus said this in the book of Revelations. He who overcomes as I have overcome will sit down on my throne just like I sat down on my Father's throne in heaven. In the book of Revelations, about a believer. It's, it's a little bit different when you start to teach, teach from the Word. Don't you reckon? Like, just, wow, you, we're talking about royal. We are royal priests. A royal nation. God actually sees you royal because He's royal. We're born. The reason I was able to get an Italian citizen is because I was born to Italian citizens. I was born into it. Well, you're born into being born again into from your from Jesus, the bridegroom, the bride being the woman. And you were born when you heard the seed, their intimacy spiritually speaking. They you heard the seed of the word of God, it got into you, it resurrected your dead spirit, and you came alive. You're born again from the spirit, you're born into the kingdom. That's why. Listen to this, Matthew 11, verse 11. Verily I say to you, Jesus says, among them that are born of women, among them that are born of women, there have not risen a greater than John the Baptist. So Jesus is saying among everyone, so everyone up to that point were born by women. True? You can't get born unless you're born by a woman, by the way. And Jesus says, everyone that's born of a woman, that means John the baptizer was greater than Moses, than Adam. Enoch, Abraham, Joshua, Elijah, Elijah, Esther, Deborah, Samuel, David, they're all born of women. Ruth, Solomon, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel, Jonah, Obadiah, Malachi, Nehemiah. All these men and women that were born of women, Jesus actually saying John the Baptist is greater than all those men and women that served God. And what does it say? Notwithstanding, he that is least... In the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. What's Jesus talking about? If you're the least of the least in the kingdom, you're greater than John, who was greater than all the Old Testament men and women, and great apostles and prophets, or prophets of the Old Testament. Why is that so? Because in the kingdom, you get born again, new creation. Holy Spirit comes, lives in you. And you're not, the old is gone, the new has come, and you're a resurrected being. Raised up into heavenly places, seated at the right hand of the Father. That's why Jesus says the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist, who's greater than everybody else. But if you don't know it, you can't walk in it. If you don't have the revelation of it, how do you walk in it? If I don't have a revelation that I'm a Italian citizen, I couldn't exercise my rights as an Italian citizen, so I didn't know I was. Most of us don't know, or we should know, hopefully, most of us do know. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ don't actually know their rights. UK. Okay? I mean, some, some, just want to, as a side note. Just, I'm going to detour really quickly. Psalms 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that are de- dwell in it. The earth belongs to the Lord. What it says. Psalms one hundred fifteen sixteen 16 says, The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. The Bible just told us God gave us the earth. Jesus said, The meek shall inherit the earth. Everything in the earth belongs to you. But if you don't know it, you don't walk in it. Can't exercise it. You can't. You almost get angry. Like, hang on, that's mine. It belongs to me. The wealth of the earth doesn't belong to the wicked people of this earth. I'm sorry. It doesn't belong to them. Actually says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. But God gave the earth, all the wealth in it, all the gold, all the minerals, or the oil, or the, the land, or there's so much resources on this earth, the sun, the solar power, so much. He gave it to you, your heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Doesn't Jesus own everything? Well, if I'm his joint heir, so it just changes your thinking. We have to repent continually, change my thinking, change my thinking to enter the kingdom of God. Are you okay with this? This is the Word of God. Some of you are looking like, I mean some some of you say like a puppy of the new new bowl. I'm only teaching the Word. It shows you how much we need to go back to the Word. All I did is a Strong's Concordance um, study on the Word Kingdom. You can do the same. Have a look for the. Have a look for yourself. Look at every single thing. There 369 scriptures about the Kingdom of God. And uh, look at this one, Matthew thirteen eleven. He answered and said to them, "Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries. That that word is an interesting word, but it literally means secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. To you, as believers, you've made Jesus your Lord. To you, it's given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. The secrets. So, what are the secrets? For me, I wrote down, with the secrets of the kingdom, it would, it would give you relationship with the Father, number one. Relationship, with, that's the secret. How do I enter the relationship with the Father? Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Man, that's a powerful secret. To come into relationship with my Father in heaven. And obviously it gives you re- uh, eternal security, yes. Peace with God. True love. What real love is, we've got it. That's a secret. We know what real love is. Uh, what about identity? To know who you really are. We don't have to be messed up with what type of identity I am. People are getting so confused out there, they don't even know what sex they are. I'm not trying to be funny. It's serious. I don't know if I'm this. I don't know if I'm that. Because I feel this. Because they go by their feelings. Well, you are what you are. And we have the truth. These are the secrets of the kingdom. I love, I love this reason for existence. I can tell you the reason for existence. We're, we're, the reason for existence is to love our Father it's like to be in connection relationship fellowship with the Father that's the number one desire the Father had to have children so we're connected with Him and then the reason for existence on this planet earth is to rule and reign and take dominion in relationship with our Father I'm not confused to love relationship with my Father and to love others as I love myself and so these are I just want you to get this it's secrets of wisdom Imagine having the secret. The Proverbs says, "Wisdom above all things. Seek wisdom. Above rubies, precious gold, silver, it, it can't be compared to wisdom. Get wisdom. Above all, get wisdom. I mean, and yet this is the secrets of the kingdom. Because wisdom and honor give you a long life. Wisdom and honor gives you wealth and riches. God gives you wealth and doesn't add any sorrow to it because you're walking in wisdom." So, secrets, it's to me when I think of the secrets of the kingdom, I'm learning how the kingdom operates. It's it's about revelation knowledge. Going back to who we are in Christ and our authority, I just want to say something. The devil is not your greatest enemy. Your flesh is not your greatest enemy. You know, we say, Oh, my devil, flesh, this wasn't for this flesh, and especially there's a lot of believers that give so much power and strength to the devil. I know we're not supposed to be ignorant of his devices. I fully understand that. But the devil is not your greatest enemy. If you fear, please hear what I'm saying. If you fear evil spirits, you you need to know the secrets of the kingdom. If you fear any evil spirit, it's because you don't know who you are. So the the, the devil's not our greatest enemy. Can I tell you what our greatest, greatest enemy is? Our greatest enemy is lack of knowledge. That's it. It's not hard. The Bible tells us. Can I read the Bible for us? Isaiah 5, verse 13. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. How did you get into captivity? How did you get fall into a spiritual prison? How do you get attacked? Because you have no knowledge. Let me read it this way: Hosea Hosea. Hosea, Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The devil's not destroying you. It's your lack of knowledge of your power and your authority as a citizen of heaven that allows the devil to attack you. It's It's like the devil has authority over you only if you believe a lie. To the degree that you and I actually believe a lie, that's the degree that I'm giving authority to him because I believe a lie. Let's say I just believe a simple lie like I'm not loved. Nobody loves me. I believe a lie. So the enemy is going to bombard, bombard me with, nobody loves you. No one said hello to you or value. If I don't value who I am, my identity, I believe a lie. So the devil's got access to attack me. Jesus said, the prince of this world's coming and there's nothing in me for him to take or touch. The book of John. Are you following me? If we get revelation knowledge... You, if, if an evil spirit tried to walk into your room or tried to give a bad dream, you'd wake up and go, how dare you? Get out of here in the name of Jesus. You get angry. You know your identity. And you know he's afraid of you. You've got powerful angels. Smith Wigglesworth, some of you know who he is. He's a great man of God who raised people from the dead, died in 1948, a plumber. And he was sleeping in his room. I love this. This is how we should react. Sleep in his room and he, he, he sensed the presence of evil. And we've all had attacks while we sleep. It's actually your vulnerable place, your will's not in motion, and the devil tries to attack you. So, so he, 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 um, he, he turns over and he literally sees the devil in his room, literally in the, in the spirit realm. I was going to say flesh, can't say flesh. He, the devil was there and he goes, oh, it's only you, and turned over and went to sleep. <laughs> See, the devil has no access when you've got no fear. His access point is fear because fear means you believe a lie. Can you see what we need to see? What we need to learn? So, if you come up with a demon in someone, you go, "Oh yes, I'm going to cast you out." It's not like, "Oh, this is difficult. He might jump on, jump on me. No, he can't. You have you're light. How can darkness affect light? It's impossible. You turn on the light, the darkness, never. Oh, I'm going to win this time, I'm going to win, darkness, light, darkness, light. Turn the light on, darkness leaves, always loses, because darkness is not a substance, light is a substance. You can, you can weigh light, you can't, you, can't, you can't measure, so you can measure light, you can't measure darkness. That's in the natural, but in the spirit realm, imagine, devil has no authority over you. Remember, we were trying to get to, I've run out of time. I give you the keys of the kingdom. Jesus said those words. I give you the keys of the keys of so this revelation. That you know that Jesus to Peter, he says, "Do you know that I'm the Son of the Living God?" Because of this revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See how we, see how I said the gates of hell shall not prevail. Because we always view it with the gates of hell attacking us. Gates of hell. That's that's a entry point to the gates of hell, and that entry point can't prevail against us because we're on the offensive. Jesus has seen the, king, the, the kingdom of God, the church of the living God, as the offensive against the kingdom of darkness. And he goes, I, no, I'm joking. I, give, you, I give you the keys of the kingdom. We, we act like God's got the keys. But the authority was delegated to us as you rule and reign, take dominion, because I've restored you back to the original position. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we need to devour Your Word, dive into Your Word, meditate on Your Word, receive Your Word, digest Your Word, eat Your Word, live on Your Word, practice Your Word, do Your Word. Lord, transform us as the people of God, the Word of the Kingdom, the Gospel of the Kingdom, the children of the Kingdom. Lord, everything You taught was about the Kingdom. Help us understand Your your rule and reign over our lives. And Father, because the kingdom of darkness, one day will be, the Bible says, the time will be no more. And the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. And Father, we thank you for that time. We await that time. We say, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Come quickly and rule and reign from Jerusalem for a thousand years of peace. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody says, Amen, Amen, Amen. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.